0: Welcome back. Last week was an extremely travel intensive week. I flew to Brooklyn for the Sony release of the 135 millimeter portrait lens, literally boarded a red-eye flight after that event and landed in Austin, Texas at about 3.30 in the morning. By 7.30 in the morning, I was getting ready to go to the Panasonic event for the S1 and the S1R. Panasonic were gracious enough to invite me out to get a hands-on preview for you guys on these. And before I get into this, I do want to have a little bit of a disclaimer. These cameras have not been released yet and the current firmware that they're on is about 0.7. It needs to be 1.0. And it's a little bit of a peeve of mine because there's lots of people with hands-on complete reviews. Well, the camera's not finished yet. So that being said, there's no access to raw files. Some features may change or get improved on. Panasonic felt it was ready enough. So I did want to at least tell you that before we got into this. This is a hands-on and it's a bit of a preview so you guys can see what this camera does. The other thing that I want to talk about is this. I greatly appreciate Panasonic including me on this event. It really is an honor to be invited. That being said, said, I had one day to use the camera. It was about seven or eight hours with lunch in there somewhere. I shot as much as I possibly could. Most of the stuff was set up. Panasonic wanted to ensure that we got the maximum use out of the camera and didn't ignore features that were on there, which is fine. I really wish I had another day or two to use the camera on my own to really put it through its paces and to be able to tell you guys if it really is something that fits in my workflow or not. But I'm going to guess best I can on that, but I just wanted to be very clear on how much time I had with the camera as well. That being said, I am very impressed. I've been a big champion of Panasonic cameras for a while now. This is my GH5. I use this all the time. And as much as I love the Micro Four Thirds cameras, there are limitations. And so, when it was announced that Panasonic were going to do a full-frame version of these, I was really stoked. And I don't think I was that disappointed. It is an impressive camera, and I want to get into some details. But first, I want to give a shout-out to our sponsor today, who are the awesome folks over at Squarespace.com. If you need a website, Squarespace have you covered with an all-in-one solution for building beautiful websites, portfolios, or even an online store. You don't have to know any code to understand how to use Squarespace. It features a wonderful award-winning drag-and-drop interface. You go over, you pick a template, you customize it till your heart's content, you add your fonts, your colors, your custom layout, and if you decide Squarespace is right for you, I can save you an additional 10% on checkout if you use offer code AOP. Once again, that offer code is AOP and I want to give a special shout out and thanks to the folks at Squarespace for sponsoring another episode of The Art of Photography. I want to start out by giving you my overall impressions of the S1 and the S1R. I did get to use both. The S1 is a 24 megapixel full frame camera, and the S1R is a full frame also coming in at 47 megapixels. So you have a standard resolution that's probably more optimized for things like video, and then you have a high resolution if you want really big still images. If you were a big fan of the Panasonic system as I am, you will feel very at home on the S1 and the S1R. I've loved Panasonic for a number of years now. As I mentioned, I use the GH5 a lot. I got to use the G9 for about a month last year and was really impressed with that camera as well. And one thing that I think Panasonic has had a hard time with over the last few years is that the Micro Four Thirds sensor has become somewhat dated. There's only so many megapixels you can get on there. It's not backside illuminated. I think they've run into a little bit of wall with the technology on that. And so one thing I can say about Panasonic as a huge compliment is along with Sony, I think those are the two companies that are really good at this, but addressing a problem and finding a workable solution for that. So when the G9 was announced, it comes out with this incredible dual IS system on it. Now you do also have dual IS on the GH5. It works even better on the G9 and it is incredible. It's probably the best image stabilization that I've used on any camera. The reason they put that on there was to deal with low light performance. So you know you can't drive the ISO very high without losing picture quality and introducing noise into the picture. So what can they do to make it so you can use lower ISOs? Well, they introduced this brilliant dual IS system. That same system carries over to the S1 and the S1R and it's still incredible. But the difference is is that you have a new sensor now. It's full frame, and you don't have the low ISO issues. In fact, this camera performs very beautifully right up to 12,800. Again, I haven't seen the RAW files. I'm just telling you what I've seen based on the movie files as well as shooting JPEGs. And I had all the noise reduction turned off on the camera. In fact, Panasonic asked us to turn it off. They were so proud of the noise levels in this camera. It really is outstanding. And what's great about it now is because you had that great system that was introduced with the GH5 and the G9, it carries over into the full frame. So now you have incredible image stabilization, but you don't have it there as a necessity anymore for high ISO performance. It makes it a very versatile camera. Image quality on both of these cameras is absolutely outstanding, just as I expected it would be. The color rendition, the contrast, everything is absolutely gorgeous. There are three wonderful lenses that are being introduced with this system. I got to shoot on all of them. We had a number of situations set up to shoot in. I did some portraits. We did some still life work. We did some stuff where we could play with the pixel shifting, which gives you about an 180 megapixel image when all is said and done. It really is outstanding. And I also want to note that these images that you're looking at here, I do not have access to the raw files because this is pre-production firmware. So these are all JPEGs that are coming straight off of the camera with no editing done whatsoever. And the other interesting thing about this is I mentioned earlier, we did turn off all the noise reduction functions in the camera. So even in low light, even in long exposure, the light painting stuff that we did, this is a 15 second exposure. And these images look gorgeous right off the card. And I was really impressed. Low light performance for me is the amazing feature of this camera because this is something that we really haven't seen on Panasonics up to this point. I was able to use everything up to 12,800 and it's all very usable. It's really impressive what this camera will handle in terms of ISO performance. So we should talk about the elephant in the room, which is autofocus. And this is an area that Panasonic has really struggled in over the years. Having said that, using these cameras, I think this is the best autofocus that I've seen on a Panasonic camera to date. They've made a lot Lot of changes with this, but the one thing that they've really struggled with is their depth by defocus autofocus system is contrast based. And so a couple years ago, when Canon introduced dual pixel autofocus, most camera companies started using hybrid systems of autofocus, which use contrast detection autofocus points with phase detection autofocus points. And the reason you use the two contrast autofocus gets you a lot of accuracy, whereas phase detection gets you the speed. And so using those in tandem gives you a much improved autofocus system. Now there is a downside to this because the phase detection autofocus points literally is a layer that sits on top of the sensor. And there are some lighting conditions, they're all extreme, um, but if you have like a strong backlight or lights coming in a certain direction, it is possible that you will see the phase detection autofocus points. you see these little rainbows on the image. Panasonic have been very staunch that they are going to avoid it for that reason. And so they have stuck with depth by defocus. It is contrast only. And it's like I said, it's the best I've seen on a Panasonic camera to date. It is very usable in most situations. So with the S1 and the S1R, there is an additional processing layer for autofocus. Now what's interesting about this, this is the technology that drives what they're calling AI or artificial intelligent autofocus. It defines object recognition, animal recognition. There's improvements with face recognition as well as eye detection. And it works really well. And what's kind of cool about this system is because it requires more power to operate within the processor, I think that Panasonic are in a situation now where where they can make improvements to the autofocus and issue them as firmware updates. So while on the one side you may see this as well, it's still not perfect autofocus, Panasonic may have done something very right here and only time will tell but if we are able to get updates And we really are employing machine learning into autofocus This is something that can be applied to your camera after the fact in a firmware update And while all the other companies found a quick solution Panasonic may very well have found a better solution in the end and let's talk about ergonomics when I first picked up this camera I was under the impression that it was really gonna be massive I'd heard other people say that it was described to me as a really big G9 and so I picked this up and And it's a little big, but it's actually fairly easy to use. And I made a comment to one of the Panasonic reps and I said, you know, I like the fact that you made a camera that's a lot lighter than the Leica SL. Now I did a review of the Leica SL on this channel and my biggest complaint about that camera is that it's massive, it's really heavy, it's really bulky, it's like a big brick of aluminum and it just didn't feel really good to use. And he made the comment back to me, he says it's really not, I can't remember which camera is actually heavier, but they're within a few grams of one another. And so it really is amazing what a little bit of thought into ergonomics a little bit of form into the body does as you grip it. This was a very comfortable camera to use compared to the SL, even though apparently they're about the same size. Now, when you start using this all day, it does become a little bit heavy in the end. But one thing that I found very beneficial is that you can use that weight to your advantage when you're hand-holding shooting video. You're just not shaking as much. You're not moving as much because you've got to support the camera a little more. And for stills, I think it worked pretty well too. Now, having said that, if you're the kind of photographer who really wants to travel light, these probably won't be the bodies for you. I think it's cool, though, that Panasonic decided we're not going to worry about making a small camera. We want it to do certain things. So for instance, bringing over the image stabilization from the G9, Micro Four Thirds is a much smaller sensor. As you go up in size on sensors, everything becomes exponentially more difficult to do. And so you have really four drivers in this thing. I think most of the body is taken up with the dynamic image stabilization for the IBIS on that camera. But it works really well. And there's another side effect that you have on that for still shooting in that it is a very quiet camera even using the mechanical shutter it's still kind of almost rangefinder territory and I found it really nice that it was a comfortable camera even though it was big and it was actually kind of silent so if you're shooting in a sensitive type of situation it works to your advantage. So is this the perfect camera that Panasonic has dropped? Well there are still some complaints that I've got they are very minute. The first is pretty obvious because I talked a long time about it but it is the autofocus system. I think that this is possible that Panasonic can work this out And I also think it's possible that in the long run, they may have been really smart about this and it's going to be one of the best autofocus systems on the market once it matures. We'll have to wait and see what time will tell us on that. The other two things is we also have the carryover of 6K photo mode, which basically It's Panasonic's way of dealing with high-speed continuous shooting, so it is blackout-free, but essentially what it's doing is it's shooting a 6K burst movie, and then you can pick stills from that and shooting them at 60 frames a second. And so while that's an okay solution, it's not my favorite, and it's not ideal. You're not going to get raw files from that. It's going to be JPEG only. It's probably a good solution for a lot of people, but I think that is some room that they could improve on. And the other thing that I question is the Pixel Shift technology, where you can get the up to 180-megapixel image from the S1. Are. And basically what it does is it takes eight eight images and shifts the sensor around. So you end up with a really high res image. And while I think that's kind of a cool thing to brag about on a spec sheet, in reality, it's really going to be limited to still life shooting. If anything moves in that image, it doesn't work, even though they do have technology to pick stills that are less motion than others. I think that's still a little bit spotty. So if you want to shoot landscapes or something that you would need a high megapixel, high resolution camera for, It's not gonna work if you have any wind and you have trees moving. And so those are some small improvements that I think they could work on. But I'm I'm serious, I am nitpicking on those. I'm really excited about these two camera bodies. I want to use them more. And what my plan is, is once this camera's released, I'm gonna see if I can get a loaner unit and do a proper review for you guys where we can really take it out and do some shooting. I think it's one thing to be in a controlled environment where everybody's shooting the same thing and you're using a lot of default modes on the camera versus really exploring what the options are. But I'm really excited about this camera. I'm really dying to see how it works I can like get into it and like adjust the settings better. And I'm really, once again, I want to thank Panasonic for having me out. It was pretty awesome. If you have any questions, drop me a comment. I will see you guys in the next video. Until then, later.